Hi. <laughs> yep, that's hard rock, all right. Now, Hollywood's top studio drummers, without him, a band is totally empty. He determines the feel of the song. Dr. Tar. This is Professor Feather. This is the Midnight Gadfly. This is Dr. Head. And this is the Blue Fez. And you are listening to All right, so we finally made it through 1984. Boy, my arms are tired. I know. And hopefully we can make it through 1985. Should be able to. Maybe. For hitting highlights. And we are talking, uh, ladies and gentlemen, about the history of science fiction in film. We have reached, we we are over the top for the 1980s. We're on the downside of the 80s here. We're actually on maybe the fulcrum point, if you look at it. We're on the cusp. We are on the cusp. Hmm. 1985. What a year. Let me Let's tell you what I'm in 85. <laughs> start with. So, what gra- were you doing in 85? I graduated from high school. Oh, yeah? Great. Great. And I uh, watched Back to the Future. <laughs> ah. Back to the Future. Probably. Well, yeah. That's the movie. That's a, that's a good movie of 1985. Heck yeah. Huge movie of 85. Huge movie. And a yeah. great movie. I really yeah. liked it. Yeah. It's just a super fun movie. Yeah. Well, it's it great because it had that Klingon from uh, Star Trek 3 <laughs> um, as a time traveler. It was awesome. Right. And the hot chick from, uh, from uh, Howard the Duck. Midnight Catfly, I demand that you turn over the secrets of the. Of Leah Thompson. Uh, Leah Thompson. Yes, I'd like you to grab Leah Thompson's underwear from Howard the Duck and bring it back here. Thank you. Dr. Head. Dr. Head's willing to pay good money uh, for this. <laughs> what does a yellow light mean? <laughs> okay, I love this movie. It's, it's stupid, but I love it. Oh, no. It's great. It's one of those movies where everything works. It's It's spot on. Brilliant casting, a tight story, great special effects. Then, and the special effects don't really get in the way of the story. You know, it's very much a science fiction film. But it, the, the 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 sort of science fiction bookends the movie starts and ends. But everything in there is just is it's just this works perfectly. I mean, and it and it's Doctor Bonsai esque. Yes, and and given the the history of the movie, where you know Eric Stoltz was originally cast as uh, Marty McFly and then they uh, pulled him out at the very, the beginning of the production because it just wasn't working. And then they uh, were able to get Michael J. Fox. They were able to negotiate something with NBC, you know, between his family ties stuff to get him in. And I think that made, um, you know, all, all the, you know, all the difference in the world because uh, the, the way that um, Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd, yeah. Oh, and the, oh, well, yeah, but yeah. Everything is just really everything is just perfect in this film. For me, that's my opinion. 
Yeah, anything with crisp Crispin Glover is good. <laughs> what what Lorraine? What? <laughs> now I I I have a, a funny little side note because there there's a movie that is not on the list here. Because I don't it's technically not science fiction, it's more fantasy. But a friend of mine and I were going to see Return to Oz. Now I don't know if anybody here has ever seen that. Um that's a pretty dark movie. It, it, it was a sequel to The Wizard of Oz. Disney put it out in 85, and it you know they were touting it as a sequel, and it is. It's a weird little film. And we got there, and my friend, for some reason, decided, I don't want to see this. And he, he saw that there was a sneak preview of another movie, so he goes to see that. I go see Return to Oz. We come out, and we're talking, you know, what... You know, how was this? What was the sneak preview? And he goes, oh, it's this time travel movie called Back to the Future. I said, how was it? He goes, it was pretty good. So I <laughs> missed seeing a sneak preview of it. And it wasn't until like a couple weeks later, I was able to see it after it hit. And, you know, it was doing crazy at the box office. Returned on. So good movie. Well, it really Weird captured movie. the zeitgeist, I think, of the mid 80s. You know, you, you've got this return to a simpler time, which was really prevalent in a lot of the, the sitcoms, like, you know, the, um, of that was started with like happy days and Lever and Shirley and, and those kind of movies. But then you, you had this weird uh, Freudian kind of uh, thing <laughs> with, with his mom. And then the awkward weirdness of seeing your mom as this kind of horned up teenager, you know, for you and, and uh, you know, just the awkwardness. And then you have the, the mores, the difference of the, the eighties and then the, the fifties, um, which, you know, kind of having fun with that. And, uh, you know, it, it's just everything, all the elements kind of came together, you know, in a, in a great, very entertaining way. And it's still, the movie stands up. It's still fun. You know, mm -hmm. I just watched it a few weeks ago and uh, I'm like, oh, you know, this, this is just such an entertaining movie. And you love the guitar scene at the dance. Oh, that guitar scene was like made for musicians. You know, every musician out there in the crowd was watching that scene and then after it was all over, you know, just going, yeah, yeah, you fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a great scene. I love that. It's my favorite scene in the whole movie, actually. But I, I liked the movie a lot. I thought it was a really, really well done movie. And, and there again, not, you know, it's another one of those just a really entertaining movie, not to be taken absolutely seriously. Let's just have a lot of fun. You know, and a lot of movies in the '80s are that way, you know, yeah. and just that kind of and and yeah, just a yeah, and and the directing you didn't really mention the directing is really good. Yeah, um, I think it's it's top notch directing. You know, and that's you know, that that's another thing that really makes it and just his his you know leadership and vision. I think yeah, it's pretty good. Which let's have we talked about terror vision? What year is that? I don't know. I think that's a bit <laughs> later. Well, I think, go ahead, Gadfly. I think that's a bit later. Uh, but I, I think uh, with um, with Back to the Future, we're going to see the start of uh, the social mores starting to shift again, commenting on uh, what's going on in the world around them. You know what I mean? There's a lot of this fantastic stuff up to this point. In 1985, there's a lot of stuff like this. That it's really juxtaposing the decadence of the '80s with the the conservatism of the '50s, um, and then that leads us into the next movie, which is Brazil, <laughs> which is which is cor cor it's corporate reality. You know? I just wanted to add just one thing before we get into Brazil, which is a, an animal of itself. Um, I think what it, what it was, we came out of the '70s and we gave ourselves permission to have fun again. All those movies in the '70s, because of being mired in Vietnam. 
and all the things that were going on the, uh, just was so heavy. It was like we could finally take a step away from that and breathe a little bit easier. And so that's, I think, impacts some of the fun sense uh, that the 80s came. And along with the resurgence of a, the new wave uh, British music coming in, which is very poppy, the fashion and trends became really, really light and not so serious as we had had for the decade before that. So I, I think that might be part of the inf influence on that little bit, how the 80s were a little bit more fun. Uh, just my five cents worth. That's why I'm a doctor. <laughs> so you can give your five cents worth. <laughs> That's right. I always carry nickels around to give them to myself when I'm brilliant. <laughs> He's the one out of 10. <laughs> so uh, after Brazil, um, we have. No, we didn't, oh, really no, we didn't talk, talk about, Brazil. about Brazil yet. Oh, I thought we that's what talking. I just mentioned, didn't I? And what were we talking about? Dr. Head was prefacing Brazil. Okay. Yes. Okay, so Brazil. Now we're ready to. Oh, Brazil. <laughs> so for uh, for the, the crew here, uh, this, this would be one of my favorite Terry Gilliam films. This is like right up there at the top. Um, and this was a, this is a cable catch for me. Uh, I didn't get to see this at the theater. And... You know, th this is one of those where I would almost put it up there with like Buckaroo Banzai because you just fall into the film and you just kind of have to go with it because it is just so off the wall. And it and, you know, as you speaking of the social commentary, of the film, but just his his dreamlike set pieces that he'll design and they stitches it all together. And then the ending, it's just kind of like, wow, it's, it's a film. Like I, I have the Criterion collections, like the three or four disc edition, just so I can watch all the various versions of it. But it, it's it's one of those movies that sticks with you after you watch it, just because of the commentary and just the his his vision in it is, in in my opinion, is just wonderful. It was a type of movie that was so different for me to see, and by that time, you know, it, just voraciously eating popular culture because it was so unique and and weird. Um, that it, it was a, it's a little unsettling. Terry Gilliam's vision is so bizarre and painful at times looking. It's like a Marilyn Manson video or something, you know, at times. <laughs> when you watch The Beautiful People, I'm thinking, oh, that you maybe were inspired by Terry Gilliam. Um, but, but, but so, you know, all of that, although one of the, you know, the conundrums of it is it's shot so beautifully. Yes. Yes. Yes, exactly. It's like hard thing, bizarre, beautiful, bizarre. You yes. Know? Right. No, I, I, I agree. And then the story pulls you in and it's so surreal and it, it, this magical realism at times and like nightmare dreamscapes, you know, and it's just, it's just, uh, like rolled doll on acid, you know, yeah. like James and the giant peach, just yes. fucking bizarre, you know, or like Matilda. Wonder. Yeah, I'm like what the yeah, people on the walls, right? Yeah, it's like what the hell? And I so I was really blown away by it when I saw this. You know, I was 17 or so, uh and it, it's just like phew, some of those scenes just are still right there in my face. So the next one, can we now move to Cocoon? Does anybody else have something to say about wait, wait. You're good. Brazil? You're good. Okay. You're on. <laughs> yeah. I think we did Brazil a pretty good job right there. Oh, we what did was, Brazil. What was next? Cocoon. Cocoon. 
Ron oh. Howard. Wilford Brindley. Don Amici. Hume Cronin. Steve, yep. Steve the Guten Bjarg. I, I found the movie interesting because it was not necessarily an appeal to young people. Mm. You know, um, which was kind of an, you know, a, a, against the trend. Against that, you know, that, that trend that there has always been, really. But, um, you know, and kind of showing it's one of those movies that show older people in in a different dimension. You know, it gives them a different dimension. And I like that. Um, I like that attitude of the movie. And I thought it was pretty well done. You know, it, it's 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 not, a you know, it's kind of an understated movie. Yeah, it's Ron Howard, man. That dude just yes. makes he just makes very palatable movies. Yes, know? yes, he does. Uh, yeah, he, even Ron Ron Howard is what I like to call an invisible director. Yes, um, uh, bec- because everything he does, it, you, you don't think about that. You know, some directors bring you out of the story. They bring out Ron Howard's genius is is you. That's all becomes invisible. It's transparent. You know, you're there for the story and how it happens, not all of the special effects or any of that kind of stuff, although they can happen, you know, but um, just the way he presents things, he has a unique vision, I think. And and he did it and he did a great job with this movie. Yeah, I would, I would agree with it. I I remember, I think saw this with my folks, went to the theaters and I was like, Oh, that wasn't, you know, I, I think I was a little, more of a sci a hardcore sci-fi fan and you just like oh that was dumb bunch of old people whatever but i i remember walking out going that that wasn't that wasn't bad it's like i actually enjoyed it and again it's one of those movies where the the sci-fi bookends you know kind of the yes. movie and you yes. and, and and you just you know it's all it's just the old people and the and it's funny now as we look back on this film <laughs> later you're just like okay yeah i can kind of understand that and it's like yeah it's, it's, it's just it's it's just it's fun you and know, I think it's, it's yeah, and that's why I said I think it's notable that it was, uh, you know, against the trend, you know, yeah, very much, so. and and it was a pretty popular movie, I believe. Yeah, it was. Just depends. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on, <laughs> Daryl. Hmm. Daryl, I vaguely remember this movie. I same same here. If this was another cable. Cable snag. Who's who's, the, who, who's in it? Daryl. Daryl. Yeah. Yeah. Who's and in his it? other brother Daryl and his other brother Daryl? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Larry. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Michael McKeon. Yep. I only bring this up because uh, it was on cable all the time. Like it was on everything: HBO, Showtime, all that kind of yeah. stuff. Uh, I never saw it. I never watched it. So I don't know. I've never seen it either. And I, I remember tell you why. seeing Here's it. And- Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, no, I I remember seeing it and and forgetting it immediately. It's because Dr. Head hates acronyms. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly it. (laughs) I'm serious. You got it. Mike, I will not watch a movie if you can't. No, sorry. I will not do that. (laughs) D-A-R-Y-L. No. Data analyzing robot. Life form. You're no chud. Uh, good call, Gadfly. That's what okay. I'm it. So that moves on to the Dungeon Master. <laughs> I thought that was Donut Master. I was like, oh, I'm hungry. Donut Master sounds good. That's yeah. Dungeon Master. Probably not. Was oh, this the one with Meatloaf in it? No, no, Wasp. Blackie Lawless from Wasp. Yeah, no, it's it, the Whoopi Cushion King. 
Yeah, this is no, no. I think I think Blackie Lawless is in Dungeon Master. Uh, Richard Mall. Oh, Richard Mall Bull. No, really. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a this is a really cheesy movie. It uh, it uh, especially if you're a a D and D player, you watch this and you're like, yeah, it's not what I was thinking. (laughs) And then you move on to Day of the Dead. <laughs> by George uh-huh. Romero. Why is, why Dutch is Master this... does appear? Wasp yeah. is in Dutch Master, just to let you know. Somebody explain to me why this is science fiction and not just horror. What's that? What movie? Day of the, Day Dead. Of the Dead. Well, because the very, very premise of the whole thing of the from the very first movie is that it's an infestation from outer space. Well, yeah, so that makes that brings that bring, that brings the science into it. <laughs> right, it's a virus. It's yes, a, it's a virus. Kind of like so, yeah, it a science. It is a science fiction movie. It's a science fiction horror movie, which we've yeah. talked about a lot. Yeah, Day of the Dead. I I saw on the drive-in. I think a double feature with uh, maybe Blood Beach or something like that. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, Blood Beach. Uh, well, Blood Beach. I came away enjoying. Um, I've I've tried to watch this. I've watched this movie now three times, thinking. Uh, I I'm supposed to like this because I love Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead is 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 maybe right. like the holy of holies for my of horror movies for me. And Day of the Dead I found to be so incredibly boring and slow and just uh, talky talky talky. <laughs> it, it, yeah, the characters I don't care about. Um, I just don't care about Bub. I just didn't think it was that much of a pull. And the it was I was just so grateful when it was over. And I'm like, God damn you, George Romero! What the hell happened to you? Uh, yeah, and just it just killed it for me. Although I did like the opening, I did like that when they fly into Miami or whatever. Oh, and the helicopter she killed herself or something. No, that's a dream. Um, Doctor Tongue coming on, you know, the guy with the back lit by the the very beginning of that. Yes, the very beginning is pretty good. Yeah, I, I like that for a zombie type thing i thought it was a good well i think uh yeah i think romero hit his stride in dawn you know he made he made what i consider the classic zombie movie which is night of the living dead and which um has what i consider his unconscious social commentary you know Um, because when you talk to any of them or anything that all of the social stuff that you see within the movie is really just ingrained cultural uh reaction it wasn't that, yeah. as opposed to being conscious. Um, and then Romero became conscious in Dawn, Dawn of the Dead. And then he became really unconscious in uh, Day of the Dead. So that's <laughs> how it kind of, that's how it kind of uh, worked out. That was a remarkable therapy session. <laughs> All right. Which way to use a pussy? Oh, well, the next the next movie the next movie has uh, the next movie has both dick and pussy um enemy enemy mine enemy mine enemy mine enemy mine trying to flush it dennis quaid lewis one Gossin, of those strange Jr. little movies you know that yeah. that you, it's not anything that you know not heralded or anything it comes out and you kind of watch it and you go well, this is you know it's all right this is pretty good this was yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty well done. Substance, pretty well done. It's, yes. You know they they 
sharing that culture and finding that sense of commonality and 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 helping one another kind of survive uh, where they're at. Um, it, and gender it, manipulation. Duke Gossett Jr. blowing out his little air bubble things. Yeah, it. it uh, I I like this movie. I have not seen it in, in decades, but mm-hmm. when I watched it when it came out, I thought, wow, this is this is really it was really good. Just like Starman was a surprising movie. This one I thought right. also had that same kind of intimate vibe and that I really really liked. Positive, yeah, and kind yeah. of a low a low key quality. Yeah. Yes, very much so. Yeah, they were very like isolated in uh, the the set that they were in. Um, and then just the whole thing of not them just becoming friends to survive, but then becoming almost like surrogate mates, you know, because the mm-hmm. one, you know, yes. Uh, is, yes. Uh, not the spoiler alert. Uh, Dennis Quaid is pregnant. Uh, <laughs> so that explains the end. You dropped the soap, Earthling. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and that moves us on to the next one, which is Explorers mm. by Joe Dante. Yeah. Starring a young Ethan Hawke, yep. River Phoenix, mm-hmm. Jason Presson, um, and with music uh, by I Might As Well Be Addicted to Love. <laughs> I got those lyrics wrong. That guy? Robert, Robert Palmer, did somebody say? Didn't you say? Yeah, Robert Palmer. I've never seen Explorers. Sorry. I saw that. Yeah, I saw it in the theater. I think that was a Franklin Park Cinema uh, catch. And it's a it's a weird little film. Um, and I and I I've only seen it the one time. And it must not have made that much of it. I was like, oh, okay, it's kind of cute, quirky, whatever. I didn't think much of it. But you know, doing a little digging into the film, it looks like that um, it had a bit of a troubled shoot. Uh, the film was never properly finished um, because of Live Aid, the concert. Uh, that year was overshadowing the finish. And I guess the studio wanted him to Joe Dante to, to get through this. And it, I guess it just, yeah, it's kind of, I don't want to say fell apart, but it, it, it does for me, from what I remember, it it didn't seem like it's like, okay, well we're okay. Where are we going with this? And then it didn't really kind of sort of gel. Yeah, yeah. I was like, mm, all right, well quirky, but all right, there it is. <laughs> yeah. I dug it because I saw it on cable. You know, again, it was one of those where you weren't expecting anything, um, and it literally becomes like Goonies in space. Um, <laughs> you know, because you've got these kids and they're yeah. they create their own spaceship. And the, 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 my favorite part is that the kids go up to the spaceship thinking that it's the some space overlord, um, and it's really just this other kid, yeah. space you know, <laughs> uh, space alien. Who then gets in trouble by his parents while he's messing around with these other kids from Earth? You know, it's like, um, yeah. So, it, and it really started to set that tone for Joe Dante movies. Uh, yeah, I he, think it had it had the Dante quality to it. Yes, even though it like like Blue Fez said, it just doesn't it doesn't quite gel. You know, there's just there's some something that's kind of left out. And knowing the backstory now, which I didn't really know, or you know, um that kind of makes sense, you know, rushed. It feels kind of rushed and not, you know, so uh, not enough uh, detail. What did you think? Or what do you think of the movie? So do you guys like your uh, film? uh, El Dante. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, I kind of like it raw. <laughs> no, it, it was it, the movie itself was kind of forgettable. I mean, it was all right to see it. It was fun. It was just one of those, you know. Uh, oh, there was like oh, back when when they had the kids in science fiction films, you know, the these fantastic adventures and borders on then you know fantasy type. Yeah, it was fun. It's all right. So up next to, yeah, let's uh, talk about like what Galaxy Invader or Life Force. Either of those, Life anybody Force. got something? Life to Force. Say? Life Force. <laughs> They're both pretty bad. <laughs> Life Force. Toby Hooper. Life Force. Go ahead, Fez. Take it away. We've got three things that make Life Force awesome. Three. Space- no three uh, hold on three space shuttles space vampires and mathilda may those three things make this movie awesome and for those of you who have never seen it it's kind of hard to describe but mathilda may is sort of a vampire space vampire queen who comes comes to earth and spends most of the movie naked Throughout yes. the and, and and it's one of those things where you're just like, wow, she's still really naked. Okay, right. just walking around and everyone's <laughs> yeah. really cool with it. And and yeah, and you're t- and it, it just keeps going, and you're like, this is the best movie ever. Right. Thank so, you, God. British stiff upper lip, and the American stiff other things. <laughs> Good old yeah, it's it's as as Doctor Tar said, it's not a great movie, no. but it's one of those solid for me. A solid b movie that's just you know it, it, it's it, it feel it, if it came from like the 1950s you know it, it very much feels like that it's that you know it's kind of this cheesy sort of plot and but it i, I don't know for some reason that movie that movie uh like uh el dante pasta sticks with you <laughs> after you see it hmm. i love life force i i have a i i i admit it mathilda may <laughs> well, you forgot the yeah. fourth thing, uh, which is Steve rails back. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, who could forget? Who was who was who was looking at Steve rails back? Was there anyone else in the? I mean, oh, sorry, I missed that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Patrick, Patrick, uh, yeah. Stewart? Patrick Stewart was in it. I didn't say Patrick Stewart because after you hit Mathilda May, it's just like and Mathilda May. Yep, yeah. it, it just stopped right there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Went in a different direction. Yeah, yep. Blood flow like, going. Down. I was never more great, never more glad to have a VCR in my life. <laughs> yeah. I might put this one on short play, not that super long play. I want to see. And, and John Dykstra did the effects. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's pretty good. The beginning where yeah. they where the where they're floating it, around in the in the vampire ship. Yeah, I kind of yeah, thought was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, you know. I did like that. Um, yeah, a I good cheesy no movie, idea. though. Yeah, yeah. yeah I had no idea that she was going to so the whole. This movie. kind of a, a sequel to Queen of Blood. Like, they actually <laughs> yeah. found this. You know, <laughs> yes, there yeah. you go. Yeah, yes. that's yes. very possible. Yeah. All right. So the next movie is Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. I know that Mel Gibson was going to be nude the entire movie. <laughs> I remember seeing this just the one time and coming off the heels of the road warrior, which I think is a phenomenal movie. 
I found this to be a little disappointing mm-hmm. in, in regard to the story, and yeah. it, it got it went much in a smaller direction. Um, Angela I mean, Rosling or whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I think, and Tina Turner I found to be a I think it was a, a choice only because she had kind of gotten some new popularity in the, around that mm-hmm. time with yep. a couple songs, big hit songs. We don't need another hero, and a few mm-hmm. other ones that she had done, and it seemed like oh hey yeah remember that Tina Turner chick we forgot about for the last decade? Let's throw her in there. Um, you know, but, yeah, but but it's just, I think a disappointment going from the spectacle yeah. of of Road Warrior to this, and that's a, that's how it always has struck me. Just a little disappointing in that regard. Yeah, it, it's my least favorite of the of the series. I remember seeing it the one time at the theater, and I was like, as, especially after the Road Warrior, which is so good. And then there's this, and it's like, okay, this sort of feels like a Hallmark movie. It's like it's getting kind of warm and fuzzy and i'm like i don't want warm and fuzzy i want death dealing cars and races in the desert and stuff and you're not getting a whole lot of it just yeah this did yeah that was it's all right but yeah but you got master blaster yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it was actually two it was two movies i mean that was the problem i mean i think when when he gets uh you know he has to walk across the desert and and goes off with the lost boys um you know it's uh what <laughs> it really it really becomes like a, a peter pan type movie you know um when he's with the airplane and that kind of stuff oh that's right yeah so and then he comes back from there um i actually like all of the stuff that's in barter town you know um master blaster you know who runs barter town um and i love uh i love the the kind of master like, barter hi- yeah hyper <laughs> The hyper villainy of uh, Tina Turner and nice legs. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. The next one's a real genius. Just Never a second. I didn't did say anything about that movie, and okay, I'd like to ahead. make my comment on that movie. Yeah. Go ahead. No. I liked. I really. I really liked it. Okay. You can move on. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fill us in. Thank you for that feather variant. I might change my mind now. I can't talk without echoing, so somebody else announced the next film. Morons from outer space? <laughs> <laughs> Which I've never seen. <laughs> Neither I have. have. And it's bad. Neither have I. <laughs> it was like some third-rate yeah, my... British comedy duo. Yeah, well, there you go. My science project, yeah. I was aware of that because there were other science movies like Back to the Future and Weird Science and Real Genius, you know, yep. but I've never seen my science project either. I think I saw it on Showtime or HBO once back then. I don't know oh, what we're about talking it. about. I thought we were talking about an entirely different movie. Jeez, I'm totally lost here. Uh, well, we're talking about my science project. Is that what we're yeah. talking about? John Stockwell. Yes. I've never seen it. But I have seen. Uh, I saw it. Uh, did you? Yes, you yes. Did I you forgot like about it. it. <laughs> there we go. There's a ringing endorsement. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Stay tuned for more movies at uh, Professor. Uh, old Man Review. Yes. <laughs> it, could, it could be good. It could be bad. Who knows? <laughs> it's the choice you take. We forgot. <laughs> Um, I have seen the the Quiet Earth. 
mm. uh, Bruno Lawrence. Um, only uh, what? No, I was just curious what you thought. I, I was working at a video store at the time, and I saw this there, and I read the back, and and I thought, well, this looks really interesting. I like the premise. Um, I thought the first half of the movie was was actually pretty good, and, and I like that kind of quiet end of the world kind of thing where he was alone and isolated. It didn't bother me. When I stopped liking it, when it was when other people started coming in and it wasn't such a quiet earth and it was like, like, Oh, are you serious? I got a whole movie theater to myself and there's one other person. They come and sit right in front of me. You know, that's kind of what it felt like to me. And I, I stopped liking it as much, but, but for a low woman on earth. Yeah. yeah. For a low budget um, movie, I, I kind of liked the quietness of it, you know, pun intended um, or not intended, but, I, I enjoyed it. Now, wait a minute. Is it intended or unintended? Yes. Okay. <laughs> of, course that up. of course it is. Of course it is. I don't remember. Yeah, it's a contemplative movie, I think. You know, um, and I agree. The, the first half is way better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. But it's a, it's still a pretty, pretty interesting movie, though. Yeah. Um, well worth a watch, you know, if you've never seen yeah. it, it's well worth a watch. Yeah, it's got that feel like Solaris in a yeah. way. Yes, you know? yes, that's true. And, that's true. Which, if you get, get a chance to watch the Russian version with us, I think Turner Classic is showing. It's um, just, it's just such amazing. Quiet. You want to enjoy the ride and the bizarreness of it. It's it's all kind of wonderful, and that's that's a little bit like this as well. And I think they ruined right. it by bringing them in those other people. What do I know? Okay, moving well, on. What's next? Um, Radioactive Dreams? Uh, I've never no. seen that one. Yeah. Not one. Never even heard of it. Is that the one with the like two brothers are in a bomb shelter or whatever? And they wake up. It's, an, it's apparently it's an homage to Noir. To yeah, like, yeah, cause it, yeah, that's all they had to read were like comic books or whatever it was. It's a anyway, science fiction comedy. Yeah. Tyre, what'd you say? Oh, no, it's just like what he's describing, you know, they're like stuck in this bombshell when they're little kids. And when they can finally come out, they've all they've had are, are like these movies and things like that. You know, so they had like this film noir type personas and all that stuff. And yeah, no, I've never seen it, but that's kind of like what the. Oh, I see. Oh, I thought, you'd, I thought you, you're talking about watching it. No. Gotcha. Yeah, because I don't think I've ever seen it either. Yeah, I don't, neither have I. Although I, I know the director, he's the guy that did that uh, kind of low-budget Captain America movie in the at the end of this decade. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so where are we now on this list? Real Genius? Yes. Yes, Real Genius. Val Kilmer. <laughs> That's all I've got to say about it. I've never yeah. seen it. I, it's again, it's one of those science movies like Back to the Future and Weird Science, and it's it's a goofy little film. The 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 guy that plays the uh, Walter Peck in Ghostbusters, I think, is the kind of the antagonist of the film. It's all college students. I, I remember just enjoying it because it's just this off off the wall weird little film about you know these brainiac college students and they're they're just coming up with weird science shit and they're trying to thwart the i guess the dean of the department or whatever who is it's maybe it's a nerd version of animal house maybe that's how we should <laughs> categorize or, or, it yeah or uh um hogwarts 
you know, it's, you know. it's, it's a lot like uh, Harry Potter. Yeah. I just well, remember the guy that lived in the closet. Laszlo, I think was his name. It's like the, the, the one roommate and he never comes out and they go into the closet to find him. And he's got this whole other like, <laughs> like studio apartment back there. And they're like, the hell? Yeah. Just, just weird stuff like that. Okay, so next we have Reanimator. Reanimator. Oh, <laughs> Jeffrey. <Cole. Yes. laughs> Introduction, Gordon Stewart, too. <laughs> Stewart Gordon? <laughs> Stewart Gordon, sorry. And Jeffrey. He's in Japanese. Yes. Hi. Korean. But yes. Yeah, this has become uh, one of my favorite films. Um, and uh, yeah. if you haven't seen Bride of Reanimator, it's really good, too. Yeah, Reanimator was was. That's not too bad. Yeah. Reanimator was kind of groundbreaking in in its gr- gruesomeness, but it's it's absolute wicked humor. Yeah. you know, um, yeah. the, it's such a combination. And yeah, Jeffrey Combs is just really really good. You know, yeah. he's he makes the film. I think mm-hmm. I think you know the film is good, but I think he really is the topper to it. Uh, uh, and it has some some of the most classic funny scenes you've ever seen. Uh, if you've never <laughs> seen the movie, just watch it. I don't even want to talk about it because yeah. there there are revelations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do an episode on this in Bride. Um, yeah, we should. Yes. And I, wet slapstick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think it's one of the more successful versions of Lovecraft that you're gonna see in that regard. And the other one with a with the pineal gland one as far as capturing the spirit it was just tongue-in-cheek thing going into it too which is i like i like that they were kind of borrowed from lovecraft or from that movie several tongues in your teeth yeah. exactly right <laughs> but i think it was one of those movies where lovecraft whose tongue and whose cheek yeah <laughs> and what cheek on your face or uh, so you're talking about from beyond <laughs> yes from beyond very much yes. gadfly yes, exactly. yes. Yeah, those are those are they're they're just a lot of fun. But I think they enter into their own '80s kind of pantheon, which is uh, Evil Dead, mm-hmm. uh, Reanimator, um, and then oh, what was the other one I had? Oh, um, Phantasm. Oh yes, yeah. Yes. So yeah, have- all these prior to CGI stuff and this just yes. mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> fun. And I think the next movie kind of gets in there for me. Yeah, as well. What's the next one, Return of the Living Dead. Yeah, you know, Dan O'Bannon directed it. Um, just that was the first time that I saw like the fast moving zombies. Not only fast, but they talked. They had intelligence, <laughs> and he had this great. It's like a it's a it's a horror with a lot of comedy, and and some genuine frights along the way, and pretty gory. Glory, um, glory. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And Leanna Quigley dancing naked, but in so. a comedic way, though. I mean, it was yeah, good, yeah. But it was, yeah. right. And then the, the 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 talking zombies are like saying, "Send more paramedics," right. you know. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. oh, you know, this is so much fun. Yeah, and unexpected because there weren't too many I, movies like this. One of my movie. favorite yes. scenes is all the medical. Yes, slaves that they had coming to life. You know the butterflies, yeah. the half dog, the half dog. Right. That's what I, yeah. I always remember. Yeah, and they're the, sitting there breathing the gas. <laughs> yeah, the body running black. around the the, the yeah. corpse. You know, running around the. Oh my god, that was perfect. <laughs> and what's so his name? Uh, Kevin. 
what was his name? Uh, Kevin Kern. And they were all asking him, what do we do? What do we do? The head, the head, kill the brain. <laughs> I don't know. It was a movie. <laughs> yeah, great, great fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of fun. Just a whole different direction with that. Yeah, I like that one just because it was so different from every other zombie thing coming Absolutely. out. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. totally. So the next one on the list is The Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> a Larry Cohen yep. film. Yeah. Um, I kind of like the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah, I like Larry Cohen. Um, I knew nothing about him and saw a uh, documentary on, uh, uh, I think, Amazon Prime about him and just all the stuff that he did. And you're like, oh, this is this is fascinating. Um, but the stuff, I couldn't finish it. <laughs> I got about halfway through and I'm like, ah, I'm done with this. Yeah, stuff. Too bad. I thought it was kind of fun. I remember seeing it back in the day. I've seen it since. It was less enjoyable the second time and twenty some years <laughs> after. But uh, the first time through, I, I, I really enjoyed the humor and the, the market, the consumerism behind yeah. it. You know, the idea yeah, of consumering yeah. and letting. You know, you're not eating it; it's eating you. Kind of <laughs> yeah. idea. You know, and it had Garrett Morris in it, which was you know great to see him. Um, yeah, yeah, and I. This is something my dad and I watched together, which we didn't watch too many movies together. I'm kind of surprised that he watched it. But I think it was only because it wasn't like gory and there was enough humor, and it was just yeah. bizarre enough. Because that was like when like the yogurt places were getting really popular with the soft serve, the yogurt, and you know things popping up. So there was just this notion of so the he, dessert. He got sucked into the stuff. Yeah, and it was just so goofy and silly. Um, yeah, but the second time through, I'm like, boy, it just didn't age well for me. But well, and you probably you know, being I did the second time through that Garrett Morris couldn't act his way out of that proverbial. <laughs> well, there wasn't much to act out of, but uh, well, I know you know he, he couldn't act anyway. So he I, he was my least favorite part of the whole the whole experience. Uh, oh, okay. I, I, just, I just don't. I, I never liked yeah. him. I never he had any talent. I was just happy to see such a ridiculous concept. But it was, I like the concept. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I thought too, you know? And and just kind of, yeah, yeah. That absurdity. Cohen always had, he had really fun concepts. Execution. <laughs> Execution. That always been good, yeah. But that had Moriarty, that guy uh, for the lead from Law and Order. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's his well, name? I can't even remember his name. Michael Moriarty. <laughs> Moriarty. Yeah, that's it. That's it. He was in Q. That was another Cohen movie. Yeah, yeah. he he's he, to me he's got no charisma whatsoever. Well, you know he's a phenomenal jazz musician though. If you listen to yeah, he's Is really he? no, I didn't know that. That's good. Yeah, it's good that he's got a good career. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then next we have uh, another one. Uh, an analog of Larry Cohen, which is Charles Band's Trancers. <laughs> He's more tapes, VHS tapes, is what I, how I remember him more. I love those stuff. The Trancers with Tim yeah. Tim Thomerson is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Dollman, all that. Stuff. Good, yeah, Dollman. Those are very entertaining. That kind of a good comedic uh, feel to his. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Puppet Master. Is yeah. That yeah. 
And what I did not know, because I have I have only seen bits and pieces of transfers, but I did not know Helen Hunt was in this as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I have to watch uh, transfers now. It's actually a fun movie. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's and there again, you know, uh, it seems like these movies really all have have an 80s quality to them, you know? I mean, very strongly. It's not even much of a hearkening back to it. It's almost like, you know, trying to come in, the 80s trying to come into their own, with their own concept of, of what reality is and, and how to comment on, on the reality that we were living in at the time. I think, I, you know, they all have a certain quality that, that makes them 80s movies. Uh, and and for those listening, if you don't know about Trancers, it's also a time travel movie that has a, a unique spin on the genre. In this, uh, Tim Thomerson plays a cop in the 23rd century who's trying to crack down on this guy um, who's who's using people from the past to commit crimes because they can time travel through drug that you take this drug and it allows you to take over the body of a, an ancestor in the past. Which is a which is an interesting kind of spin yes, on the yes. on the idea, and yes. it, it, I, I remember see, again. This is another cable uh, movie for me, and I remember enjoying it immensely when I saw it. It's it's just that good B movie, and yeah, yeah, you know, just yeah. Well, those the, and that was the cool thing about those uh, those kind of fringe B movies is they were creating their own little universes. Yep. Um, and so I think like the Full Moon universe, you know, had all yes. these kind of ties yes. together. Uh, and one of them was Tim Thomerson. And I honestly, I think if it weren't for Tim Thomerson in those roles, like it just wouldn't have like worked out. Cause it's I, been I, as good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. He makes yeah. it. Yeah. He's his, he definitely brings something to the table. Yeah, he does. He, he usually, he always does when he's in a, in a film. It's one of those yes. things where if I see he's in it, I'm like, mm, I'm probably going to watch this. Yeah. All right. So let's round out the 85, uh, because again, we've got one whole episode for one whole year in nineteen eighty <laughs> in the nineteen eighties. Uh, so we have Weird Science. John Hughes. Weird Science. Yeah, John Weird Science. Yeah. Music by who? Boingo Boingo, right? Boingo Boingo. <clears throat> Danny Elfman. Yep. For all you people out there who don't know who Boingo Boingo is. <laughs> um, I, what if yes. another fun movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not a John, big John Hughes fan, so I saw all those rom coms and his teenage angsty stuff, and I never liked, I never liked uh, what's I her face, it. what's her face, the uh, the redhead. He always sixteen candles. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't a big Molly fan. Ringwald. Molly Ringwald. Yeah, I never liked Molly Ringwald. I never got it. But uh, Weird Science made me glad I had a computer, okay. and I was like, I'm gonna make my computer fucking print out this, <laughs> make this, make this killer Kelly the Brock. If it kills me, you know, it was just again so whimsical and 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 this this adolescent fantasy, you know, come true, and uh, these nerds who now suddenly become popular because Kelly LeBrock is kind of going to help them become cool, you know, and and make them men and make them envious of everyone else who's kind of putting putting them down. So you have all these great fun elements going on. You know. Who directed it? John, John Hughes. Hughes. John Hughes. Yeah. Yeah, see, I'm a big nice... John Hughes fan, and I think this is a departure kind of for uh, mm-hmm. for John Hughes, absolutely. And I I really appreciate the the art direction and the design, and and also just the the absolute direction. Uh, the camera work sometimes is pretty pretty amazing, um, but I really like the 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 uh, 
set directions mise en scene. And I really think that it's it just yeah, is laid out and, and depicts a certain culture there again, yeah. certain time period. I, I think he just captures mm-hmm. that beautifully. And Bill Paxton and, and, and it's yes, yes, and it's and it's also just a, a whimsical movie. You know, it it has a real good whimsy to it, which a lot of the '80s movies do. There's there seems to be that whimsy that kind of comes into it. <laughs> and Anthony yeah. Michael Hall does a great job. Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Of all of all the uh, all this the science uh, nerd movies of the '80s, this one is by far probably the the better the better of the grouping. Yes, it uh, is. As you spoke to it, the the production design, the music, the acting. I mean, Bill Paxton is just phenomenal as Chet in that movie. Yes. yes. Um, How about a nice greasy pork sandwich served in a dirty ashtray? (laughs) (laughs) Your brother's an asshole, Gary. (laughs) Just a year away from game over, man. Game over. Yes. Yeah. He's such the quintessential asshole brother. You know, and it's, it's the just turns at the end are just just hysterical, and it it's like eh, it's okay. We got well, Andrew Russell coming up to the house. Eh, it's fine. <laughs> just prior to that, he was in Terminator. Bill Paxton was the the guy. Oh, yes. oh yeah, right. Yeah, he was one of the gang guys. Or yeah, whatever. at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, that's too rough. Yeah, I forgot about that. Did a big spiky mohawk. Yep. <laughs> Purple, I believe. Well, that rounds out 1985. So we made it through another episode. We've only got uh, five more years to go. <laughs> we may have to take a break from the 80s. I think it's time to take a break. <laughs> something a little different the next episode. Oh, Welcome back to the 30s. No, <laughs> That's right, the 1930s. We're going back in time. Going out with my baby. <laughs> We're going to talk about Blondie movies. Call <laughs> me. Oh, oh. oh, that Blondie? Yeah. <laughs> you oh, the video drum. I'm sorry. I, I've probably seen all of the Blondie movies. <laughs> oh, me too. And yeah. Blondie, the band, I've seen that too. <laughs> Wait, what's the, what, what's the movies about the couple who um, the, the dude drinks all the time? He's got the... Um, Thin Man. The Thin, the Thin Man movie. The thin yeah. man. The William thin Powell, Myrna Loy. Loy, and Asta the dog. Yeah, yeah we should. I watched that. I tell you, I fell in that love. Was a fun movie. I like those movies a lot. Yeah, when I saw the Thin Man, I was about sixteen or so, and I fell in love with Myrna Loy. I'm like, oh my lord! Yeah, it still hasn't stopped. She's just wonderful. But I like her most as Nora Charles. That yeah. oh, I thought you were going to say, yeah. Uh, and two, William Powell, just had, William Powell just had such such presence, you know. Yeah, just kind of that, you know, that that cool, debonair guy, you know. Yeah, a lot of cool. And, and the fact and the fact that he was just a fucking raging alcoholic too was kind of funny. Yeah, they both, you know, they were great friends. Off, and he's off funny too. Off yeah. Stem, and, yeah. yeah, and and Myrna Beloy became the most uh, the highest paid actress in Hollywood because they wouldn't do another Thin Man movie because William Powell was holding out. He said, "Not until you pay Myrna what I get." And so yeah. that's why they took a little break. And when she came back, they both made the same wage. So she was the highest paid actress in Hollywood. Yes. yes at that time. Him. So, yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. 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 Exactly. And then he, you know, because he was married to uh, Blonde. She was, oh, goodness. Uh, I can see her. Uh, Starlet. Anyway, 
she died really young of cancer. Uh, I oh, believe. Yeah, I know who you mean. Yeah, she yeah, was. She was great. Name. Early thirties, like a this, this quintessential platinum blonde sex pot. Really funny, sharp razor wit. Funny sex pot. Sex pot. You don't hear that much anymore, do you? That's right. <laughs> We're talking about the thirties. Yeah. See. Yeah, <laughs> no, I said planet in the sex pot. <laughs> oh, Gene Harlow. Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, right, right on the it tip would. of my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Gene, Har- Gene, Gene Harlow was pretty cool. Yeah. So is Edward. <laughs> so are, we, are we ready to get out of this now? Yeah, so let's, let's wrap up this episode. Cue the music. Yeah, you guys want to watch me take a dump? Say. This is Dr. Tar. This is Professor Feather. The Midnight Gadfly. Dr. Head. And the Blue Fells. You've been listening to. You've been listening to. To. Go to the unsaneradio.com website and look at the pretty pictures they're pretty they're pretty big especially got a big screen put them on your tv they look beautiful they make good backgrounds make beautiful we are all over we're all over facebook (laughs) all over your face all over your face (laughs) you may not want us there but that's where we are get used to it